Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion, and today I am joined by an all-star lineup of old-school podcasting motherfuckers. <laughs> of course, we got Richie Buzzkill on the Wheels of Steel. What, what up? up? What up? What up, RBK? How you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. Just, uh, you know, just uh, get behind the Wheels of Steel and get all the other videos rolling, you know. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Love it. Thank you, bro. Thank you for doing that. And we have my co-host from Realm of Fire. We got Rob. What up? Rob's here, bringing it in from across the ocean. How you doing, dude? I'm good, thank you. It's very warm here today. Yeah, it's not Arizona warm. You don't need to mention Arizona <laughs> warm, but it is warm. Yeah, okay. we don't want to teleport to England. <laughs> it's really annoying heard- to teleport to England right now. Ha- but have you heard about how warm it is in Arizona? No, I've not heard. How warm is it in Arizona? Tell me that. Let's get someone on from Saskatchewan and they can tell us how cold it is in Canada, eh? <laughs> yeah. And we have a very, very, in- we have a very, very, very special guest today. Long time coming. Why have we put it off so fucking long? We have Nathan Motherfucking Bean from the Dungeon Punks podcast from Rotten Hell. Also from Tapped Nerve and uh, solo, not solo, but like RPG adventure writing, Nathan Bean. Dude, what is up? How's it going, mate? All right. Thank you for having me. Thank (laughs) you for coming on after all these years. A little bit of uh, Full Mill RPG history here for those who haven't been down since episode one. Uh, in the in the glory days of 2015, I was marketing my brand new podcast, Full Metal RPG, on Instagram quite a bit, and I encountered another nascent RPG podcast called Dungeon Punks on Instagram. At that point, Nathan was running the Instagram, and we both kind of hit it off, commenting on each other's shit. And I thought, wow, this is so great! It's so cool to have these guys across the ocean. They're doing something very similar. We seem to get along so well. Then. In December of 2015, Nathan was writing for a page that he managed called Core Hammer, and he wrote an article called, like, the 10 best things or whatever that you missed out on this year. And in that was a link to Full Metal RPG. It said, are you listening to Full Metal RPG, the podcast? If you're not, you're a fucking idiot. You should go listen to this fucking thing. And we we watched our numbers go from slowly coming up in little dribs and drabs to... And that was the moment that we became an actual podcast. I don't know if we ever would have got to where we're at if it wasn't for Nathan Bean. I don't know if we would have made it another five years if it wasn't for Nathan Bean. I contribute a whole hell of a lot of our success. That unbelievable shout-out from this gentleman here. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Thank you so much for everything you've done for the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, for sure. We're You're real. very welcome. I, I would like to give give myself some tips on success so I wasn't floundering through fucking life. Like, <laughs> like I am. <laughs> give myself a boost. Myself some books. But yeah, cheers, Brendan. It's my absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm very happy to finally 
be here in your esteemed company. Well, why don't you uh, just kind of if if some of our listeners haven't listened to Dungeon Punks, and if they haven't, then shame on them. You should fucking do it. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us about what it is you do? Um, okay, well, I'm Nate. Um, it's just kind of weird because it's normally me asking the questions. I don't I don't like this level of scrutiny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I, I like to be evasive, answer questions, and then dip. Not like yeah. This is just um, the beginning. We're gonna we're uh, gonna go deep, real deep. Hope you wore clean shorts. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess. If you haven't listened to the Dungeon Punks podcast, that was something we set up a few years ago. It literally came off the back of a blog that a bunch of us were writing. Uh, just a load of dudes who used to be in punk and hardcore and metal bands who had kind of aged out of <laughs> aged out of our youth culture and needed something else to do. <laughs> so naturally, we went and started playing with toy soldiers, which <laughs> seemed like a Clearly. the right step. Um, uh, so yeah, we got back into that and we just started applying the same enthusiasm we had for music and stuff towards gaming um and also we kind of we realized very quickly there was other people like us around uh, who perhaps weren't so much um your stereotypical type of gamers who kind of kept it on the download and one thing or another we we sort of expanded upon that built the blog and more people flocked to our banner and low core hammer was formed we did some events we sort of turned our talents towards uh sort of fundraising and raising awareness of different things using the platform, the blog as a platform. Uh, did some gaming events, made t-shirts. We also helped uh, Nerd Gore, who some of you people may know, you've probably seen his work in, um, it's not just stuff for metal bands, and he's recently doing the uh, internal illustrations for Joe Diva's Lone Wolf, the late Joe Diva's Lone Wolf. Um, and he started doing that as well. And from there, we just kind of like, I don't know, one thing leads to another. We got a podcast started because we couldn't do gaming so much, you know, Warhammer so much anymore because time and finances didn't allow. And, you know, here we are. I don't really do the podcast so much anymore. I, that's kind of the other guys have kind of picked up and run with it a little bit just because I get easily distracted <laughs> and move on to different things. Um, uh, but, yeah, I still sort of dip in from time to time and help out. But and most of the stuff I do is kind of behind the scenes for Dungeon Punks now. And it's, whether it's uh, I just because you know, I just designed a game, and uh, that's kind of my, my, my focus right now. I'm yeah. music, and I, I'm, I, I'm a guy who does a lot of different things. You know, I'm when always farting around with something. When I first met you, you were kind of in, um, like, school for writing. I don't know if it was, like, a graduate program or what. It seemed like you were doing a lot of creative writing. And uh, see, since then, you've released a lot of zines. It seems like you're writing a lot. And one of the things that you've just recently released is a module called... Uh, the Judas Halo, am I right? Correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah, I went to uh, always, always like writing, always been into it. It's something. I, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm one of the kind of people that does not play well with others. So writing is is really well suited for me because I just <laughs> shut myself in a room and I can express what I need to do, and I haven't got to rely on anybody else or shout at anybody else. That's why sometimes being in a band was quite difficult for me. But um, and it also sometimes by doing the podcast is a little difficult for me. You know, it's, it's, it's a group, it's a group effort and. Sometimes that's hard for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I always kind of been into writing. And um, a few years ago, I decided that maybe if, if I want to do something as a living, I should probably get some kind of qualification for it. So I, I went to, like, a Open University, which is an online – it's basically a university, but for, you, know, you do it online and stuff. Um, because, once again, I can't stand being in rooms with people. So, so, so going to an actual university wasn't great for me. That's it. Um, legit. For sure. Legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get it. Um, 
anyway, yeah, so I did that. But as it goes, they didn't really teach me a great deal of shit that I didn't already know. That sounds stupid, but like anything else, I'm, I'm kind of self-taught. You I know what I mean? It. I love it. I love it. Um, so all I did was pay a bunch of money to, for people to tell me some shit I already knew. And <laughs> That's fucking love. And now I owe that money. Fuck university, <laughs> mate. That's university. Yeah, I, know. I was just like, what the yeah. fuck? I don't know why I waited this yeah. long in life to you know, be told yeah. this stuff shit. But, so, yeah. Can I now just throw something in here really quick? Sorry, just throw something in really quickly. I've just realized that, yeah, it was the Core Hammer blog that got me going again on miniatures and stuff. Oh, wow. Not to make it all, ah. you know, kind of. Uh, 2015 was a very crucial point where it's where I heard from Full Metal RPG. And I was getting burnt out because I'd been playing Warhammer and the old Hammer movement was starting and that was just this horrible yeah. gatekeeping sort of... Uh, but, um, and then I read the Core Hammer blog and I was like, this is... And that started me sort of collecting like Chaos Marines again and like getting on, oh. that kind of thing. Also, more importantly, you taught me the insult melt well before Howie <laughs> it. So I was using melt years I've before ne- Howie. I've never heard this. I've never understood this thing. Like, why somebody who's melted is like oh, that's bad. I mean, it doesn't sound good. But like, I mean, wait. It's just... <laughs> I mean, the way like, I would look at it is it's like absolute melt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to put it into like kind of uh, visual terms, Brendan, I would think of it like an ice cube is solid. It has form. But you know, it's essentially just a puddle of water, isn't it? Really, that's it. And, uh, do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I use quilt as well. I call people yeah. wet quilt, wet white. Quilt. Anything that just kind of <laughs> suggests like a kind of formless character Shit. with no spine. Yeah. You know, wonderful, yeah. perfect. Well, uh, yeah. we should do some fucking RPG talking. Uh, Please. This episode, Stop talking about me. RPG. Well, we're gonna. Uh, hey, hey, we'll be back on that. Um. Uh, this episode of Full Metal RPG is brought to you by our newest patron. Uh, we got we got the homie Clutterbook uh, helping us out uh, uh, yeah. with keeping Full Metal RPG rolling. Uh, I got some brand new uh, cans because the ones that I've been using for 10 fucking years, when I was in bands, when I was audio engineering, when I was doing fucking road venue shit, they finally died. Fucking ten years, got another pair. It's very impressive. <laughs> every every fucking episode of fucking Full Metal RPG, except maybe one or two, was used with those. And then one day they just stopped working. I literally thought they were going to last forever. Patrons were able to help me get another set. Thank you very much for your patronage. This is the stuff that we use it for. Um, and thank you, Clutterbook. Thank you for helping us out Hell with all yeah. that. Um, and Clutterbook's on the fucking Discord where you can hang out with uh, me and Richard. Rob and maybe at some point Nathan will come on just talk shit about role playing games. He's laughing, which indicates he's probably not. But yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. It's for some and not for others. It's 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 we're very welcoming though. Um, cool I've been told it's a good yeah. Discord. This yeah. yeah, this is what I've been told. Anyway, my, my anyway, mom says it's uh, cool. <laughs> oh, oh, your mom came on. Good. My mom. Yeah. Won't. yeah. I wish. I Aww. wish my mom would. My mom's never listened. This is carrying. Zero this episodes. is Karen. Come on. Thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks, mom. Anyway, uh, so so thank thanks thank you, Clutterbook. And now we'll go on to the black hole. The black hole. The black hole is the ever sucking void of uh, time, money, resources, and energy that is role playing, greatest of hobbies. Uh, what have you all been up to in terms of your role playing, Richard? We haven't heard much from you. What's what's crackalacking? Uh, well, uh, I played we. We played the Rot Marches AP last week. 
Rob was what oh, Rob was uh, DMing. Uh, that was rad. Hello. Uh, I also got to play another game of Morkborg with uh, Scott, who is publishing his uh, uh, sol- uh, his zine, and we played through the zine. Uh, and I'm spacing on the name. I think it's like for Psalm Psalm three seven or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll put in the link in the show notes because he's about to do his print run. So uh, it was uh, creepy and awesome. So that was nice. great. That was great. Good. Uh, I also, you know, we we're working on uh, which, you know, I got uh, Vincent Baker's new game, The Wizard's Grimoire. So I'm looking forward to cracking into that one. So. And I picked up uh, the new Ravenloft book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit and see if it actually brings the heat or not, as uh, rumors. This is the game that everybody is fucking crying about online because there's no monster stats in it, right? They they decided to pass on monster stats. Which is is, here. Which is fine. Like, I don't give a shit about monster stats. I'll just make them up. It's 5e. Like, we've been playing it for how long? Like, (laughs) and and also, like, the just like I was reading through some of the tables where you you can roll to create dreadlords, right? Because Ravenloft used to be, and now is again, a bunch of dread domains. And it had, oh, it had dreadlords, which were the kings of those domains, which Strahd is one of the dreadlords. So one of the one of the things, just the first thing off the top, is like the dreadlord has lost the ability to speak, and only when it wants to, it basically when it speaks, it like the message is carved in their skin and leaves a permanent uh, permanent scars on its skin. Like I was like, that's pretty rad for a D and D official I thing to say. Them. So like. I don't know. I'll I'll keep reading it and to see if it's any good. But we're gonna. I'm cra- we're cracking on with Tasha's for next month. So like, yeah. Uh, and then uh, finished uh, my Star Breach thing. So the new next video for that will be out uh, soon. So, which Sick. is not role playing, but you know, we'll get there. Yeah. So so what you're telling me though, kind of winding it back to the Ravenloft just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Is it the this is the return of the campaign setting? There, yes, this is an effectively, campaign setting. effectively a campaign setting, oh, without set fuck. monster uh, stats, which I am fo- perfectly fine with, because especially with the yeah. Dreadlord, where I'm like, you're probably not going to be able to kill them straight up, at least in my mind, at least in my world. Like I'm not gonna, you're not gonna be able, to, you're gonna have to figure out how to be smart enough to kill a Dreadlord. Like, well, that was kind of like the um, conceit of the original. Ravenloft in a certain way, right? Was it was kind of almost like little self-contained bubbles of like genre, yeah. horror genre, and you were supposed to kind of wind your way to the center where there would be like uh, one of these characters that's almost emanating a horror genre off of them, and then you were going to try and defeat them, right? Right. Yep. Exactly. I dig it. I dig it. Bring it back. Yeah. I'm exactly. Stoked as fuck. I'm stoked as fuck on that. Uh, great. Great. Killer. Uh, Rob. Rob. What's what you got going on, bro? Uh, so GMing wise, yeah, the rock marches. I actually completely forgot about that. Ran you guys through that. Um, enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. First time with Mortborg, so that was uh, well, second time, but first on stream. Enjoyed that. Proving a few Easter eggs. Nate, if I said to you they found a treasure which was a 
helmet that covered your entire head and had horns coming out the side, and you said the word Traegar to activate it, would I that would, mean I anything would say, to you? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say sidesteps to the left. That's what I'd say. Um, nightmare. Awesome. Yeah, not, not warning team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, again. No idea. No Is this from idea. This, this from Americans wouldn't know this. Oh. No, we basically we had a TV show. Sorry, Rob, I'll jump in this one. But like it, we had a TV show. Don't go, go, go for it. Late in the eighties, where well, it was when I was at school, and I guess like the whole sort of Dungeons and Dragons satanic panic thing was still was bubbling around. Anyway, um, the, the concept of the show was basically you three players, kids or whatever, went to this realm and had to navigate around a, a, a very crudely CGI'd fortress. Um, <laughs> Three kids, actually. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Magical land. Uh, Three kids would sit in this kind of like keep, uh, accompanied by a dungeon master type character played by Hugo Mayer, and um, they would have to navigate another player through uh, a labyrinth, if you like. And the kid would wear like a big, basically wearing like a dustbin on his fucking head, you know, so so he could obscure. (laughs) Basically, so he wouldn't see that he was stuck in some warehouse in Coventry, uh, presumably, (laughs) rather than the magical realm. yeah, it was really cool. It was like, I, I, I liked it. I applied actually to go on the show. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Go on YouTube, uh, type in Nightmare with a K. Nightmare. Yeah. And you'll see some clips of it. There's a, there's a classic there, sidestepping left. Um, yeah. yeah. Something, if you got through the maze, was it one of those things where you got... I never... Like a copy of file. I mean, I never saw anyone complete that fucking thing. Uh, no, I don't know what, I've watched about two teams do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was really, wow. unfair. really unfair. They yeah. actually did like a live action yeah. version of it recently where you could go you yeah. could go and play and do this thing. But I mean, I don't know how successful that would be. But yeah. Apparently very good. Little, very uh, funny, apparently. But uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that. So that was my GMing. Playing, I'm playing in a cipher system game run by Henry <laughs> off of Dungeon Punk uh, about whaling. Like, we're going around a post apocalyptic flooded world, which, uh, <laughs> like, uh, kind of water world mixed with, um, I thought they finding Nemo, not finding Nemo, the other one, the one with the whale. <laughs> Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Uh, Call me Ishmael. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. So it's like that. So that's good fun. That's a weekly game. Uh, Henry is absolutely nailing it with atmosphere. He's made this whole world, really going for it. So I've told him to expand it out rock marching style so more people can get involved. Yeah. It's just full, full of ideas. Really good. Um, I'm playing in my first ever vampire campaign. Vampire. Oh. Wow. Not actually Vampire Masquerade. We're playing using a system called Fangs, which is like mm. a tiny D6 version, like minimal D6 version, because oh. you don't actually need rules. But I'm playing it with my friend Kat. She's been running Vampire since 92, I think. Nice, so nice. she's like, knows she's on it, and I'm playing a gross Nosferatu, uh, who is very classic Nosferatu mixed with Voldo from Soul Calibur. He's all sort of like wibbling around a lot. Um, <laughs> He's got some eyes are not exactly in the right spot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where where is this uh, where is this based? Where are you guys playing the the game we, out of right now? I think we've said it's London in about 2015. Oh, okay, but it's very amorphous. It's very. I, I did start playtesting Manchester by Night, which I think is coming at some point soon, but we didn't get quite too far on that. 
But um, yeah, it's London, but I don't really know London that well, so it's very uh, a big British city in 2015. Is sure, where we've I mean, it. that's um, it's always good to set those things back in time a little bit, so you don't catch yeah. up and go beyond. So then it gets a little weird. Um, yeah, but also you can go backwards. Yeah, 2016 was such a big year kind of thing. Like, politically, it's quite nice to set it a bit before. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, especially, and, yeah, Brexit and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and all that. <laughs> um, and then finally, I've got the June book, uh, the new Modiphius June, but I don't like the Modiphius D20 system. I know people like it. I don't. So I'm working on transferring that to the Cypher system because I know the Cypher system at the back of my hand. And I just think that would be perfect. And I want to play June. I don't want to play the 2D20 version. So, well, how, you know, so, so we, we, we did a show mm. on this in the spring. Mm-hmm. But, like, now that you've, I mean, how much have you read? Have you seen anything that is, uh, uh, what, like, how this works? Because they were very hush hush on how this worked. Like, what right. kind of characters are you playing? What kind of, like, mm-hmm. things are you doing? What's, what's kind of the environment here? Uh, For the ones that I've played and play tested, I think there's basically two modes of play. You can play agents, where you play the Fufa Howitz, the Duncan Idaho's, the the, the little guy. And you're not little, but you're still like the head of security. The so it'd be you're on a racket, you're part of Hearts Trades, and there's a problem going with spice manufacturing. Go sort it out, kind of thing. And that's called agent play. There's also what's called architect play, mm-hmm. where you play the house. And you decide on the house. And, and in that way, I think when you play with that level, you do more kind of stuff like we need to take Caladan is now abandoned by the Atreides and we want to move in. So let's do a big grand campaign kind of thing. So you might play the house, the house leader, but also you might also have an alt character as like a military guy as well. So you're kind of playing on different levels. Okay. Uh, where it's going to fall down, I think, is the fact that what do you do away from the book? And I think how they've approached it is that because like June is a setting where it runs on nexus points of history and time and reality and stuff, just playing one of those other nexuses, maybe you play in a environment where House Carino isn't the Padishar Emperor, maybe you play your Trades aren't handed Arrakis. What would it be like as this new house taking the fiefdom of Arrakis? So I think you kind of just you got to play around with it. I think you have to play a lot of Elseworld with June because I think June is so set and literally on the golden path. I've read a lot of June recently. Right. You need to yeah. um, sort of uh, play... You want to play one of the other timelines almost. Right, um, right. And say, okay, what what would it be if... Um, what if Fade Ralphal was the quiz at Hadrakt? Right. How do we go from there? Let's play. Let's let's expand expand out. I've been things in his pants. So, so brilliant. You guys hear Everyone me? Wins. All right. Yes. My back? Yes. yes. Right. You're, so you're, wait, you're, sounds... you're finished melting. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh, thanks. Uh, so it sounds like, uh, and I, I kind of came in at the end there, but it sounds like, and mm-hmm. I missed something. It sounds like in response to a question of like, well, what is it you intend to role play with Dune? You're saying like, I intend to not role play it. Like, I want to role play something else. Is that right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, I think <laughs> I think I'd like to play. I don't know yet. I don't know what I want to do with it. I'm getting it all together, putting it all together. Then I've got the toolbox, and then I'll have a think about what I want to do. You know, it could be something cool. You could play like um, you're a bunch of Saguka who break out a Salutis Secundus. Uh, like your your programming fails, and you become this fucking like rogue 
a theme going across the galaxy about your yeah. side of kind of thing. Uh, well, I was talking I think, to Khaldun yeah. Khalil about that, and I, and I don't, he says he's not certain that like the current the Modifius game could support an all Sadakar campaign. But uh, I personally think all Sadakar sounds awesome. I think it could be really neat, really just yeah, super think, interesting. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there is a lot you can do. I think it's a system and a universe that requires pushing a bit further. It's not got that kind of, you know, Star Wars, you're, you're, you're all gunslingers, so it's easy. D&D, you are literal adventures. I think it's one where you've really got, it's more like World of Darkness-y more. Like, why would I be doing this? Or why what is why am I pursuing these goals rather than, by, you know, you've got to have a proper, no, I am loyal to Hal Tarkin and I will go on a suicide mission for them. Like, and I will not question it kind of thing. Like, yeah, I think you've got to really work at it a bit. And so I don't think, as a game, it will get very far. To be honest, I think it's quite. You know, I think it's a very inaccessible universe. I think Dune simply is. Um, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love Dune, but I think it's a very hard universe to play around in. There's not much well, to play with. Yeah, I think that we'll have to kind of follow up as that game kind mm-hmm. of continues to progress. Not just your Cipher one, but just the mm-hmm. Modifius one, and really just yeah. see like, does this work and kind of um, see what it is that Modifius plans to make it work because, you know, many questions have been raised. Many questions have been raised. Um, they been waiting so patiently, man. What about you? What have you been up to lately? Anything good? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Um, Let me think now. I haven't really been playing much of anything simply because me and the guys who are, you know, the other Dungeon Punks, so all spread out all over. Everyone's busy and shit. And also, they're in a bunch of different games that they, they didn't invite me into. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Liar. But, uh, no, it's cool. Um, we've been playing Shadowrun. The one thing we have been doing is playing Shadowrun. Mark, because I, I like it when Mark uh, DMs for that because it means that I don't have to. And also, because the way he does it, he's very ad-lib and he's really, like, fluid in the way he does things. And it really suits that universe well. So it's kind of fun for me to do that because I get to I get to be the dickhead in the game instead of those guys <laughs> derailing my plans uh, so I get to derail theirs so it's, it's really cool and it, it kind of gave me my appetite back for, for playing and it, even though we're doing it online it kind of Shadowrun works online do you know what I mean because it's all techie and shit like that so even we have yeah. little glitches and stuff and uh, yeah it's, it's really it's super fun and uh, the, the actual um, role playing element of it I, I thought would be more difficult for some reason, I don't know. It's just it's working. Like everyone's really bought into their characters, and yeah, that's cool. So awesome. that's the only gaming I've been doing. Although I di- I just got the uh, Warlock. You hear about Warlock? You heard about this game? No. What's that about? Okay, it's basically like a, a real rules light um, love letter to British role playing from the eighties. So it's really along the lines of um, like the very early Warhammer fantasy role play in that you're not some hero. You know, you're not you're not like some dashing paladin or some ranger motherfucker. You're like a bin man or a rat catcher. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got some shitty job. Um, uh, you work for the council or whatever. <laughs> you just you know, um, and you just have to work your way up. And it's it's the whole the way it's done. I haven't even played it yet. But yeah, exactly. You know, you just got like some you're some shit eel <laughs> who wants to go off and like get a better life or just a less shit life. <laughs> Uh, or maybe just murder people. I don't know. You know, a legitimate reason to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure working for the council or putting the bins out, you get a good pension and, you know, you get Christmases yeah. off or Hogman <laughs> off or whatever the fuck. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, I picked that up 
a friend of mine put me sort of that on my radar, and it's very much my cup of tea. It's grim and miserable and hopeless, and you know that's kind of me, I guess. So <laughs> um, I'm hoping to run that for the lads um, at some point. I know Bordy said he was interested, um, but most of the time, honestly, I've kind of stepped away from it because I got wrapped up in writing this thing for the last. I don't know, six months or whatever, and I'm kind of, you know, you know, you get like kind of saturated and your brain just turns to shit. Um, that's where I'm at. So I kind of stepped away. The shadow on a thing is easy. And now the book is out. People are asking me loads of fucking questions. So I'm going to have to get my gaming guy head back on. But um, yeah, so that's cool. it. Shadow run, really. Cool, great. But yeah. Yeah, I, I play with Mark uh, also. He's in my uh, Esoteric Enterprises campaign. And uh, tell me about that. Sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I've had a lot of fun with it. I don't want to talk it up too much. I've had a great time with those guys. So, I mean, mostly that's a Dungeon Punks game. Like, I play almost entirely with Dungeon Punks. That's uh, me, Mark Boardman, Connor Boardman, uh, Chris Kohler, uh, Brenton Williams, okay. and then uh, Matt Sears. Matt Sears. So, so uh, there's like, there's like four squad. Americans in there, and then a uh, um, couple Brits, and uh, a very strong FMRPG, like DXP kind of crossover vibe there. So, you play yeah, that. Some solid people in there. Dude, yeah, for reals. And it's just been really fun. It's I've, I've run it kind of as a beer and pretzels game. By the end of it, like, there have been some times I'm like, I'm going to take this seriously, make it like a horror game. And then there's some. By the end of it, I was mostly like, I'm going to make this almost like a satirical World of Darkness game. I'm just going to... Yes. I'm going to kind of be tongue firmly in cheek with some of this shit. So uh, we actually just wrapped that as my... uh, That was the last thing I played was uh, um, the last session of that. And now now Mark's going to be running Shadowrun for us. So I'm actually... Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked as fuck. Uh, I think I'm going to play Mage, you know? Uh, Somebody... Somebody threw up a picture from uh, uh, World of Darkness Ghouls or some shit, B- Ghouls Fatal Addiction, on our WhatsApp group, and um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just play that character. I'm just gonna that picture. I'm gonna turn that into a character and play it, which is a very high school thing to do." And I'm very excited. Enough, sometimes something something just triggers your imagination, doesn't it? You yeah. just go, "That guy, yeah, that's cool," you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, I'm still, I'm like reading Mage the Ascension, which I still believe is a fucking top shelf game. 100% behind it. Uh, gonna run it. 700 pages. <laughs> I'm on character creation right now. It's very long. So uh, once once I uh, am able to finish that book, I'm gonna start running it for Richard and some other guys. Very excited. Hell yeah, um, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's, uh, now that we've discussed all this, like, yeah, exactly. Zing! Laser! Laser bolt! <laughs> um, so now we've discussed some uh, RPG shit. Let's discuss some more RPG shit. So so tell us about this uh, campaign book you wrote, man. Like, what's uh, what's the... You see, you you said that you've been writing this six months. I think you've been writing it, like, on full-time six months, but... but I looked through it, and there's some elements in it that I can remember from you talking about, like your at-home D and D game. Yeah, seriously, like two years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. Okay. So basically, it is the, the, the short version of this. Um, Ager, who's one of the other guys, he he wrote, pulled out of his ass, cut, maybe eighteen months ago, 
Um, he did like a little module called In the Name of Suffering, okay? Um, it's good, you know, it's cool, it's fun or whatever. Um, and I, I'll be brutally honest with you, it really pissed me off that he was the first one of us to actually do his own book. Uh, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm really supportive of my friends, but fuck off, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> now I've got, that means I've got to come out. The way I look at it, Dungeon Punks, right, I, to, to, to listeners who don't know us, it's like we're like a, a council estate Wu-Tang clan, okay? Uh -huh. uh, in that collectively, we've got a thing, right? In, but now it's now I've got to go off and make liquid swords. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the way I look at it. So anyway, that's, like that's what we, that, we did. I basically is that not Goldie yeah, looking chain? More like that actually. Yeah, Goldie looking chain. Or I mean, yeah, I, I, I get. <laughs> I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, uh, basically he done he did that. Um, then we got offered this gig um, to write a thing for the Black Dahlia murder. Who are like a big death metal band, right? That I didn't really know much about. Um, Aiga got, I don't know how that happened, but it, they basically contacted us. I think it was through Nergore actually. They contacted us and said, Oh, we want to do a, an RPG module with our next thing, uh, with, our, with our album as part of the pre order package. We, we hear you guys are the people to write it. Fuck knows who told them that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, are, there are people infinitely more qualified. That you know, we, we basically bodge our way through everything. But of course, the kind of dickheads we are, we were like, yeah, all right, <laughs> give us some money, we'll do it. Um, so we did it, and basically, me and Aga sat around in my kitchen one day, and we had a big piece of wallpaper, and we just wrote down all these stupid ideas that we had and everything that popped into our head, stuff that we thought was funny more than anything else. We just sit there and make each other laugh. So there's a lot of British references in that game that. I think a lot of these very earnest death metal dudes probably won't get. There's, Rob, you know Jeremy Beadle, right? Yeah? Beadle? Yeah. Little hand guy? Yeah, it's fine. Well, there's a Jeremy Beadle reference in that game. Anyway, it's just weird shit like that. But anyway, off the back of that, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, um, yo, if all these metalheads are buying our shit or, or have picked up this record, then maybe we it would be good if we had something else to push off the back of that. You know, like, that's an introduction to our little shitty world. Here's something else. Um, so I just sort of knuckled down, and I had a lot of ideas I've been sort of hanging around. Just sessions and stuff that I run with the guys that we had particular fun with. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll turn that into a module. Because I looked around on, like, drive through RPG or whatever, and I've downloaded modules and things like that, sometimes to run as, like, a kind of, like, a gap filler in a, mm -hmm. in a, in a session. Oh, that's some bullshit on there, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, these motherfuckers are getting paid for this. I just paid you dollar ninety nine for some some fucking weak shit. But like, I <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, oh, I could do better than this. Um, so that's what it was. It was just my narcissism and uh, massive arrogance, basically, that fuel drove me forward. So yeah, and I just put a few things together. And as I was doing it, I was like, okay, I'll make it sicker. I can always make. That's the kind of like, my, my credo. It can always be sicker. Doesn't matter if it's a band or a book or whatever it is. What would make this more gnarly and upsetting? And a lot of the time, I think about my players. So I think about stuff that I know will upset Bordy, like directly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like always find his little trigger spots. So I write things like that into like. I, there's a monster in the game called a Kinder Golem, which is basically a, a Frankenstein made out of dead children. 
and my, you know, I know that would be a sensitive issue for Mark, you know, being a father and like, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> he, he hates guy. Jimmy Savile. So I, I, was, <laughs> I just thought this will piss him off. Yeah, you know, I always want to get like an emotional reaction from my players and stuff. It, so is your like, that with wait, 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 you, do you have a player who doesn't hate Jimmy Savile? <laughs> Me, I think. Do you know what I mean? I did a lot of wonderful work for charity, you know. Hey, go, Jimmy. Nah. Um, but, like, Mark's reaction, you know, Mark in particular, his reaction is really visceral to things like that. Like, I'll see his eyes well up with actual water when I say, like, I put these really emotive things in it, and my heart fucking sings. Do you know what I mean? Look at this so, uh, guy, yeah, I put, I put all these little things in there just to, like, kind of, like, trigger these responses. And I forget No, no X Mark card at your friend, table, huh? You're just like no, fuck. That. I mean, I mean they're they're more than welcomed. I mean, I'm, I'm let's be honest. I'm not gonna. I don't sit there and do the gratuitous thing. Like that's not really my style. I, I'm, a, I'm a fade to black, let the imagination work kind of guy. But at the same time, I, I like I said, I like to. I don't know Mark twenty five. He's like my oldest friend in the world. Uh, you know, I yeah. love him to pieces. So I kind of I know what pushes his buttons, and I just want him <laughs> his engagement in the game. So a lot of the things I do, I just write for them guys because I know like they'll have fun with it, or. I, I throw in a reference or something from an old film or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, and, and that's all. That's all the Judas Halo is. It's just a bunch of my kind of like daft ideas and horrible things that rattle around in my head like a swarm of wasps, and um, put put onto a page. And it was just a great opportunity to like bring in some friends and to work with you know artists and so on. Um, but when I when I ran it, um, so I play tested it. But I didn't play test it with those dudes. Mm-hmm. I I. Um, I went onto this. This sounds sketchy, but whatever. I, I, so I went onto this like there's like a, a meetup thing. You know, like I guess most cities have like a meetup where you can go. You might you want to go learn macrame, or you want to learn fucking I don't know how to I don't know knit or some shit like that. Yeah. There's always be a group for it, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, so I was like, I need some random ass players who a don't know me, don't know what kind of fucking monster I can be. Um, um, and um, you know just, just to get like a, you know, do you know what I'm saying like just to get like kind of like neutral feedback because yeah. I could ask any of my friends and they're always going to say oh it's cool or you know they'd be nice you know right right, um, right but I said right you know sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone and plus how I DM for my friends with I've known for you know 20 odd years yeah, I, I like to challenge myself. I often do these things. Like I went and took a fucking weird art class one one like summer, just to go and get the weird stories from the fucking crazy people that <laughs> I share, like share the class with. Nate yeah, gets and that's, it. That's I don't know why people don't time. get it. Nate gets it. So yeah, so who'd you get from this fucking meetup? What what came up with that? So it was just like I, I just I literally put into the thing. I was like, yo, low low fantasy um, setting. I said, I want to play this, like, it's going to be a scenario. It probably runs over three, two-hour sessions, okay? Um, and I got, this is a real mixed bag. It was like a, a, a they were like normal, I say normal people. I mean, I, I don't know what they're like outside of sitting around the table, pretending to be a fucking wizard or whatever. But, um, uh-huh. yeah, there was a, there was a, uh, a really nice girl called Sally Ann. Um, uh, there was three really good guys. Another guy who was, like, really, he didn't blink at all like he had that really weird staring eyes that never blinked so that was kind of weird a little unsettling but i thought maybe he was trying to fuck with me so i just didn't blink back at him um <laughs> what else oh god there was this one guy and he's the only dude right i try and be tolerant okay and inclusive but this one motherfucker was pushing my buttons from the start so I, I, like 
it's a low fantasy sense. Everyone comes in going, okay, I'm going to be like a, a beggar knight. I'm going to be like a, a criminal mage, something like that, you know, that would, that would suit the setting. This guy comes in saying he's going to be like, oh, I want to be a, a teenage mutant ninja turtle who grows weed inside his shell. Okay? So imagine my face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool, man. All right, no. And because I... Inside, inside, I'm just going. This guy is fucking. Is he? Is he mad? Like, am I, I'm, what energy am I putting out here that this guy thinks I'm going to roll with this? Um, anyway, it needs to say. He, what do you he end up? Ro- what do you end up rolling? He had like some weird. I, I let him go with a turtle man thing. Uh, I forget what he was called, but I ended up like bouncing him. Like my my villains end up bouncing him around like fucking Cooper, you know, in in, in Super Mario, like. <laughs> Fucking that little fucker around all over the place. Um, so yeah, I wasn't into that dude at all. But oh, the other and the other dudes and, and lady who were playing, I, I, I got the impression they were kind of annoyed at him because none of them knew each other. It was like a complete right. random selection. Um, I think I got, I got the impression that a couple of them got quite short tempered with him because I like you're, you're kind of killing the vibe. It was clear that why with the vibe I was trying to build, and also it was in like a, a you know neutral space. It's in the back of a crappy old pub in Leeds, um, like this weird gamers place. Um, uh, but it went really on, well, hang on, hang on. anyways. So, so in Leeds, there's a pub that has a yeah. place in the back where you can play games. And it's is it? You say it's, it's a gamers place. Yeah. Is it known by gamers that you can meet there, or do they try to bring in that group? We don't have yeah. this in America. This is not a thing. It, it's right. Okay. Well, it's not like a. You know, maybe I've made it sound better than it is. But what it is is like a. <laughs> it's a city center pub, and they've got an upstairs. Um, that like it's like a you know a back room or a, a, a smaller bar if you like, and every I think it was every Tuesday and every Thursday, essentially a very loose knit club meets there um, and plays different games. So you go in and there's like maybe four or five different tables uh, doing different stuff. You know, someone might be playing D and D, someone might be playing uh, you know Shadowrun or Mage or Vampire or whatever you have it. And people like use this very like loose kind of forum to to run games so yeah it's, it's a wow. it's a gamer friendly pub yeah it's, it's a good space actually it's That's um cool as it was fuck, cool it's a good one of them yeah. in manchester uh which a chat flower and flagon yeah flower and flagon does uh dungeons oh, and flagons every wednesday night it's the same <laughs> nice. thing backspace is normally for gigs and that but it's not gigs it's uh it's uh they do rpg all day and stuff like that so you can go sure. Get a drink at the front and then come back. It's really good. Uh, Brendan, just so if you're not aware, and Richie, Leeds is like, you know, Mordor? Yeah. Um, imagine that. Not but personally. Like wor- <laughs> but it's like that, but with worse people. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so worse than orcs. Say. So you're saying that worse than orcs and ring wraiths leads people from Leeds. <laughs> yeah, just just more more sort of racist. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's <laughs> say this. Like what you've done there, Rob, spidery. is you tried to get a rise out of me, so allow me to explore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, I'm not from Leeds, so I don't I don't take any of this place. No, fuck, now you're taking a piss. Like, I'm from Kent, mate. Essex, that's the wrong side of the fucking history. Yeah. I'm from Kent, That's Mordor. That's Mordor. So Essex and Kent. Essex and Kent are like France, basically. Yeah, it might as well be another country, do you know what I mean? I asked uh, Um, Rob if he was from Bath the other day, and he was pretty upset with me about making that reference. So. Where where are you from? I'm from Manchester. Is it? Oh, fair enough. I see. 
I like Manchester a lot, but I've no real loyalty to Leeds. I've lived there for 16 years, but no, I, mean, I live closer to Bradford, which yeah, is the, the biggest. They're cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cities are cities. People are dicks. In it, but Ma- <laughs> this is true. I will say that Manchester has a has a far greater cultural identity than Leeds will ever have, um, and also they're really good for the uh, for their uh, anti-fascist actions, which I I applaud. Um, Greatly. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Where were we, Brendan? Sorry, I got derailed. So, okay, you went about. to Leeds. The there was this, there was this bar there. Right, yeah, you had met some people who were kind of like all vibing on yeah. the same frequency, but then this one dude shows up. He wants to play stone, Stoner Hammer or something. You bounced him out. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, I didn't, I didn't bounce him out. He, like, he basically got vibed out by the other dudes. Mm. And um, just one of those kind of guys who wants to come in. We were trying to run and, and get the vibe and i wanted to feel out this scenario to make sure it worked you know make sure the different things in the book worked and this guy was just he was just being a dick you know he was he was trying to make it his a show about him you know what i mean you, you know those kind of players you come in sure. and just like look at me everyone i'm the, i'm the wacky guy and i you know i've got no time for that shit so he hit the road and um we finished it out and unfortunately i, I didn't finish to get to the final session because lockdown happened and we you know uh, uh, schedules yeah. and things like that. we couldn't finish so the, the last bit never got play tested with those group of people uh but the best compliment i got was there was a guy there and i, I guess he he was a a seasoned player like he played in a bunch of different groups and on the one occasion he said i've canceled my long running game just to come and play with you because this is fucked this game is fucked <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh. he, he he called it D D noir which i take as a that's perfect. That yeah describes it great. Um, so yeah, we did that, and it was really fun. Uh, I've sent a couple of copies out to the books to, of the books to the people. There's like two people I I was in touch with outside of that particular forum. Mm-hmm. I would like to find the other two dudes, just unblinking guy and D and D noir guy, just so they can have. As far as I'm concerned, they participate in the creation of this thing, so they should get a copy of it. Yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? Because he's for the sure. guy said to me at the time. The guy said to me at the time. He was like, "Yo, are you all right if I?" steal all these ideas because he didn't know I was going to publish it at the time uh, he said you're right if I steal all your ideas and run this for my friend I was like yeah cool man yeah. crack on yeah ideas are ideas so, yeah, man that was that people don't people don't understand yeah, that yeah you know what I mean, mean I'm just you, you, you. We, we, we've got with all this like DMCA and stuff we've had like fucking 20 years of just like people telling you that like ideas are property and you can own ideas and that ideas cost money but guess what everybody ideas are for free and work of doing something is what makes an idea real. So if you have ideas or you hear ideas, do shit with your fucking ideas. Don't sit on a giant pile of ideas and wait for money to somehow start falling into your hands. This is not how. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's the other thing I have. A, I, I kind of take issue with with people you know, being so fucking entitled about shit like that. I mean, it's one thing to like plagiarize and then pass it off as your own, blah, 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 right. whatever. But, you know, if, I, if I'm front an idea at that dude, I'm like, run with it, man. I don't care. You know, I'm not, I didn't do this to make a shit ton of money or anything. You know, if, if I wanted to make money, I wouldn't be making nickel and dime fucking <laughs> D&D modules. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's an easier way to learn a quid. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That, that should be a, a class you know in Warlock. Like, you should be D&D writer. <laughs> you know, it's like you start with one silver piece and broke, broke ass. <laughs> yeah, broke unfulfilled writer. gamer, unfulfilled gamer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so oh, shit, man. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of. Well, you know, well, I'm, just, I'm okay, glad so, it all kind of came together. 
you uh you wrote this for five D and D five, and it sounds like grim and like bleak as fuck. And uh, the thing yeah. is, is that five it's also low fantasy, so it seems almost like in a certain sense it's like a contradiction because D and D five is very it's like it's like oh here's cat people, and I'm like a crystal wizard cat person, and also it's almost impossible to kill my character. My character is like nearly immortal. Um, so how do you reconcile yeah. the sort of like baked in kind of like power fantasy and anthropomorphic creatures and fantastic airships and shit like that with the way that you wrote the game? Well, first of all, I guess I'm not really setting it in their realm as such. Like I'm setting in my, my version of that, which is more, more closer to like, um, like a fight and fantasy realm, I suppose, something like that. Um, and also the setting um is kind of intrinsic to certain classes being picked if you like so the setting um exists in a realm where magic is ostensibly outlawed and non-human races are prejudiced against do you know what i'm saying so the moment there's one sequence in the game where you wander up to the, the fucking keep that you know the, the gates and that, i wrote it right when trump was talking about building a wall Okay, so there's a big uh, wall yeah. around this particular realm. And when, when you tip up, if you are like a... Put it this way. If you, if you look, don't look too like a human white boy, then it's not going to go great for you. you. Do you know what I'm saying? Everyone's going to be on your shit. So, but I don't say that at the beginning because I, obviously that's what drives the interactions. You know, if someone tips up going, oh, you know, flashing ma their magic around and looking like a, I don't know, uh, you know a half-orc or what have you, they're going to run into troubles and to counteract any of those characters being too powerful, they're going to draw the attention of a lot of bad guys. If you like, do you know what I mean? So like, sure. it doesn't, it doesn't pay in this game to you know, go flashing your shit around town. Uh, not really that's a, cause there will be like a repercussion to it. So it plays, it plays more. And I wrote it more almost like a mystery, like a conspiracy that unfolds and, uh, intelligence and smart role playing is rewarded, whereas like zapping people with your magic dick doesn't. You know? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, what class is that, that again? All, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Bard. Magic, I think that's Bard. Magic dill guy. Zappers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and I also put the beginning. I'm not going like, yeah, to like, lie. Just on. What? I was going to say that. The tone, sorry, uh, just back on that. As I was reading it, I was going through it with a pen, basically, and thinking, okay. Mort Borg. I was just like, this is a perfect Mort Borg saying. Like, yeah, 100%. Um, that's what I'm planning to do. Run it, Mort Borg it, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of kind of my plan. I wrote it for 5e because, you, you know... Uh, that's what most people play. The way I look at it is like you can get vanilla ice cream and you can put topping on it and you can put loads of cool shit on top of it. It's still vanilla ice cream at the bottom, but you know people can expand upon it. And that's why I figure with this, you know, everyone likes vanilla ice cream, but if you stick enough garbage on it, it looks like something else. Um, uh, we were having a look at it. So it's exact argument, right? We were having this exact conversation on on the Discord, and Five E ended oh, yeah. up being the equivalent equivalent of the missionary position, like. Yeah. It's margarita pizza. I, Everyone I, likes fucking pizza. Do you know what I'm saying? I yeah, like, yeah. I like 
I like vanilla yeah. ice cream. I don't know why the chocolate crowd has somehow defined itself as being like <laughs> these connoisseurs of worldly living. Like somehow liking chocolate bars makes you a person of refined taste. Whereas if you like vanilla, that means you're some boring person. I'm just, I don't, I've never understood that dichotomy. I think vanilla is most delicious uh, of the flavors. I mean, so that's basically my thought of it. I just thought I'll, I'll make it for the most accessible thing and then maybe people would read it and be like, oh shit. You, you know what I'm saying? And then maybe want to explore, maybe they'll explore other systems or things that will work better for it. But I just thought if you, you come in with your stabilizer, your lowest common denominator, and then if you're, you've got out about you as a DM or as a player, then fucking make it fit what other system you do want to play. Like, yeah. I don't care about that shit. You know? It's just like, um, I just, I'm, I'm not bringing you a story. When you look at the cover, you can get a real sense of what the game's going to be like. I think the cover's great. Cover, and then the title's also great. Cover title together, you kind of are getting a really strong sense of what's going to be in the package. And I think that if you bring that to your party and they're like, well, I want to play an elf and I want to play a tiefling and I want to play a cat person, you're going to be like, no, you guys aren't getting it. You can kind of show them the cover and be like, this is what we're doing. Like, pick something like this, you know? Sometimes I like it when they play those characters. I'm like, oh no, cool man. You want to be the wackiest mother? See how see how far that gets you. Like, see how far you come up against a bunch of racist fucking dudes who want to nail you to a cross. Please be my guest. And also because it makes things interesting. You know what I mean? I, I like that. I, you know, I, I would hate it for a party to be like, oh, we're all human warriors. Fuck that shit. But just be inventive. Like even how you get into the keep in the middle of the game. You know, you can't just walk up looking like, you know, swinging your axe and breathing dragon fire or whatever. You need to, you need to figure some shit out. So for my first attempt at writing a thing on my own, I, I'm pretty pleased with how it's come out. I, nice. I, I could make it better and, you know, whatever, but I don't know. It's cool, it's, I guess. <laughs> says in the back there's a part two coming. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in putting Easter eggs. And I put loads of plot. Basically, uh, in my head, I left it. I left the... the the arse end of that game, quite open-ended, because I want. there's a lot of moral dilemmas and things like that um, in it. And there is a greater conspiracy, you know, without wanting to be a cool DM guy, there's a greater conspiracy, there's a much bigger story. There's. I've already commissioned other artwork, you know, for it, for, nice. the, for the future. But obviously, I need, to, I, need, I need to justify it, basically. So, like, if people, you know, people... Don't buy it. <laughs> What's the point of me writing another one? Do you know what I mean? But I mean, I shifted. I shifted enough on. Put it this way: we shifted enough on a pre-order um, for me to justify writing another one. And I've already had a bit of feedback from people picking holes in it, <laughs> who found the flaws in it. So, um, you know, at least at least they're fucking reading it, right? I, I forgot this... to put a rule in about possession or some shit, but whatever. Is this yeah. like your George Lucas moment where people are like, "Wait a minute." How can you say he, when I met your father, he was already a great yeah. pilot and he was a child? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't compare me. I mean, it depends which George Lucas you're comparing me to. If you're comparing me to like Empire Strikes Back, George Lucas, then yeah, that's fine. But don't you mean where me he like the George, George Lucas because like, he gave everybody else control? I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're saying you want to be compared to the George Lucas who like went to the to the to the uh catering table and was like eating while everybody else was doing the hard work and making the movie awesome is that george lucas yeah exactly that guy yeah that lucas i thought yeah, i really uh, appreciated how you wrote the end bit i think that was really well done the keep in terms of you were like this is the keep this is the situation 
this is what's happened in my game. You know, I've run it a couple of times yeah. and there's been jailbreaks. And I think that is so important because yeah. written modules, when they do give you no flexibility, are just the worst thing. You know, when it is just like, oh, the players yeah. will do this and then they might do this. And you're like, but what if they don't? And then I really yeah. appreciate that. Um, I just think that's Thanks, really yeah. good way of putting it down kind of thing. It, I don't read modules. I always get about halfway through a module and I'm like, all right, cool. I yeah. did read this. I read yeah. this through. I was oh, disappointed man. that Sir Ian of Brown didn't turn up halfway through claiming that illnesses are not yes. real and trying to remove everyone's <laughs> helmets um, because that would have been... I'm glad you got that reference. That would have been very topical. Yeah. John Squire's in there, <laughs> yeah. Nigel. That would have been good. Um, yeah, John, yeah, yeah, John, just, John Squire, that was great. Yeah. American. I'm trying to throw a lot of different things in there. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... There's a lot of um, British. Uh, I, I don't know because I figure that mostly a lot of British people would be reading this shit. So I just I put in loads of like little kind of like even the um, the what's it called the, the magic potion. Did you see that? It's made by a guy called Lucas Ard. So it's like it's Lucas Aid. No. That's all I could think of. You know, that's excellent. If you're yeah, if you're an Anglophile living in laugh, America. You know? If you're one of our listeners in the UK, then you should avail yourself of this of this module. Um, and really, I think I mean I I endorse the module. I endorse everything that Dungeon Punks does, 100. percent You know, I hope I hope help people pick it up. Where can they get it? Just uh, if they're interested, we'll we'll throw a link in the show notes. But where can they get it? Okay. Okay. So currently, it's available. We have it on our core hammer on the core hammer big cartel. So if you go to Dungeon Punks, like the Instagram, there's a link. Agus put a link up there so you can go straight there and buy it. Having said that, um, shipping to the States for anything at the moment is absurd. And I, I, I personally can't justify the cost of postage to America right now. I think it's fine. I tried to send a T-shirt to my mate the other day, and it, the postage was £16 for a fucking T-shirt. That's mental. Um, so I'm working what? on... Yeah. It, they, America is now cost the same to send stuff as to Australia. It, they've they've wow. changed it in the last. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, are you for fucking reels? It's mental. Dude, that's backbreaking. Can I send that box they, to you, Brendan? And that was three pound fifty. Send where? where I sent a box to Brendan of miniatures like a month ago. It was like three pound fifty, like about a month ago. Honestly, fucking hell. Well, I know. <laughs> I, when we started sending these things out, they definitely hiked the prices up. Mm. Like, I mean, right. let me see. I sent a T-shirt. There was a couple of zines in there. But even so, it was still a lot of money. And when I asked the dude at the post office, yeah. he said that they've changed, like, the regions for it now so that there's worldwide, oh. Europe, and domestic, right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. which is causing a problem. So, I mean, even if I, I've got a couple of people who are interested in distributing in the States. Yeah. Um, but even so, still sending it out there would cost a quantity. would would cost me a fucking fortune. So, um I'm not really sure what to do yet. I was going to see if maybe I could print out there, you know, like send a PDF, have it printed out there at a printing store and then distribute it that way. That's something I'm looking at. If not, I'm, I, could, I need to get the PDF out there as well. I, I, I don't know. I was going to ask you guys about this. Do, do people do that? I mean, the drive through RPG? That, I don't yeah, know man. Yeah. That for real, doing, you should do it. You know? If you're having that distribution difficulty, you should yeah. totally... I would say drive through RPG. I'm I'm not in love with the drive through RPG quality of product, but it's like not that different than just other print on demand sources. Like you could either go like drive through RPG or you could go Lulu or something like that. 
but there's nothing about Lulu that is so much better in terms yeah. of quality that it would make up for the fact that people are on drive through RPG every single fucking day looking for role-playing material, you know? And then looking for good role-playing material, as you, as you just said, they don't want some kind of like, oh, I could have just snuck into the bathroom and like scribbled this on a on a on a napkin thing you know well, so i think that's a good good idea we might we might know somebody that might be interested in bringing your module over too so like you know one of our friends yeah, a friend over exalted you know yeah <laughs> yeah have you um, talked to have you talked to matt at exalted funeral Bordy actually um told me about that and I, i've been it was supposed to be my job this weekend was going to email a bunch of people. There's like a, a, a little occult store in Portland as well called um, Abraxis Unleashed who were interested in taking some shit. So I, I can kind of get it around to people. I'm just trying to figure out the, 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 the most economically viable. Because the thing is with me, right, I'm a punk. I hate charging people for shit. Right. Even the fact that people have bought this thing fills me with absolute dread because yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, uh, uh, you, you could have gone and bought a Dungeons & Dragons, but why didn't you buy something properly? I'm a fucking idiot in my attic writing this nonsense um and i'm expecting you to give me money for it you, do you know what i mean i, I try and it's i'm the same of everything man whether it's music or a, a zine or a fucking book that the amount of existential dread i have over people reading this thing is uh, is massive um so i, I don't I, I really don't like charging people for things at all. i, I really struggle with it oh, but, I, um, I love it yeah I, because you've written the game to cause other people existential dread, so they can cause you existential dread now by consuming it. The circle so is guys, complete. Yeah, get yeah. out there. Ouroboros, the snake's buying his hot ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> put, put Nate in the hot seat and buy his, buy his book. Make him sweat at night. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, this is, this is the thing. This is my... Right, here's, here's my, my big problem. I don't know if anyone else who does this. So I, I love making stuff. Like, I like writing shit stories I'm, I'm writing a horror story for an anthology at the moment um the fact that anyone wants me to do it i just think they're taking a piss out of me i'm like ah no 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 you must have got me mistaken with someone else are you doing this to make fun of me you do, i always think there's like some kind of some bonkers reason for it and the moment i put anything out into the world i i hate it straight away i have to distance you know what i mean i'm just like this is a piece of shit. <laughs> Show me other, I, can, I can do better. Please come back next time. I'll do better. I know it sounds stupid <laughs> and self-effacing. But like, I, I, I've never gotten over that. I think I have this massive fear of, of failure when it comes to anything. So why, why I thought I was qualified to write a fucking D&D book are, is, is beyond me. But Are you, know. <laughs> ready for, for my, are you ready for me to say the most American thing that I can say to you right now, Nate? For it. Come on, then. Maybe you're afraid of success. <laughs> wow Oof. wow america goosebumps oh. that's maybe a little too american yeah, for I mean, even me and then uh, and then and then an american flag like goes behind my and i and fireworks we're not standing we're not standing like on the top hat an eagle flying slow motion you're like oh my god Eagle comes no, down. I'm a wealthy creator. Yeah, hold it. <laughs> All right, man. We'll do. This. I, maybe in America, I could sell, I could sell that shit. <laughs> well, okay. So I. But not in I, England, mate. Not in England. <laughs> I see that our time is kind of running low here, so uh, um, I'm gonna take this opportunity because we said on our uh, fucking. Um, said in our fucking discord that we were going to have a very special announcement today and uh 
So here it is. We're going to go ahead with it. So uh, uh, after five and a half years of doing Full Metal RPG, uh, I've decided to step aside. I'm no longer going to be uh, hosting the show. Uh, it's a, it was a big decision. Well, a lot of thought came into it, and uh, uh, I'm just at the spot where it's time for me to do some other things. I'd really like to take the energy and the time that I put into Full Metal RPG and put them into some other stuff, kind of like what Nate was saying. I'm kind of looking forward to locking myself in the attic and doing some writing and really finishing up some projects that have been kind of like languishing, like half half done for like a long time. I really just want to kind of crush them out now. Uh, and... Richard, who is my, like, long-time, like, confidant and counselor, the last two years, like, I've been going to him, like, once every six months and being like, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to quit. I don't think I can fucking take it anymore. And then he goes, well, have you considered X, Y, Z? And then I go, okay, I guess I can do it. And we do this every six months. And yeah, it's, it's time, a dance. It's a dance we do every six months. Yeah, and I finally said, okay, dude, months. I understand. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is this time I, I knew I wasn't going to be going to him and saying, um, I don't know, I'm thinking about quitting. I knew that I was walking up to say, I'm quitting. I can't do it anymore. So everything has its end. Uh, you know, ear steel, uh, fucking typo negative, everything dies. And I've had a lot of fun doing this show. I've wow. loved doing this show. This is this is not the last one. I have, I think, four more episodes in me after this one. Um, but I'm really happy that I was able to have you on, Nate, uh, before the end, you know? So, um... Richard and I did talk it over, absolutely, and absolutely. we were we were talking about the potential of just letting the show go. But Richard has decided to carry on Full Metal RPG. Uh, he is kind of yeah. rearranging some chairs and bringing in some new people, some some new voices, and giving the show a new look and a new vibe that he's discussed with me. And um, I feel like it's very on message. I feel like Richard has worked very hard over the last two years to to really perfect his podcasting game, and he has my support 100% in continuing the show. Whatever it is that he wants to do, I am happy that he is doing it. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of one of those things. We've got... Uh, in June, we're going to be doing the deep dive. It's going to be me, Richard, uh, my homie Eric Manch, and uh, the show all uh, deep diving through Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. And then uh, in July, uh, I, will, I have an uh, interview that I'm trying to wrangle. And uh, then I want to do one episode where I just come on and say goodbye to everybody. But then, then it's done. Then uh, in August, it's going to be, uh, be Richard's show. So... Uh, Nate, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for hanging out with me at long last. It only took us five years to do the thing that we should have done Thank five you. years ago. I know. Yeah. For sure. Hey, I just want to say, Brendan, you've done an amazing thing with this podcast. I don't my interest in podcasts sort of dwindles from time to time, but you've always the content and your knowledge and the things you put across and the way you articulate yourself. And most of your enthusiasm for these games, it's it it's it ignites a lot of kind of like passions and interests in other people. And I will say this much in the, the things you did and the way you were trying to do the Kickstarter before, uh, the Patreon, should I say. And also the games you've, you've come up with really inspired me to carry on, you know, to push forward doing these things. I know that we, we talked before about it when you, you were struggling at one time, come up with ideas. 
and um, not of ideas, but you know, like pushing yourself forward with it. And um, I thought about that a lot when I was doing this, and I thought, take the advice you gave Brendan, and you know, you did great things. This podcast, fucking awesome. It's the one place I would come to for legitimate insight and you know, quality content. So I think. It's a great shame you're packing it in, but I know you're going to go off and take that time and energy to do awesome things for yourself, which I obviously encourage, and I'm sure you'll be dipping back in. But Rich is going to do a, a great job and bring some fresh energy to this as well. So, you know, fair play to you all. But uh, I'm really glad you had me on. Thanks a lot, and, you know, best of luck for both of you with how things proceed. And thank you for saying that, man. It means a lot. It means a lot. And, I mean, I, I you know, it means well, a lot to hear that from you. And I'm not going to lie. When uh, I was sitting here making my decision, I was like, you know, Nathan stepped back from Dungeon Punks, and it's given him room to do some of these other things. And I just really—that's the—that's the room that it is that I'm looking for. But I, I keep, like you said, I'll be dipping back in. And I kind of thing I don't want to lose is the big, the big community that we've built over the last five years. The way that all the like, like Dungeon Punks, Full Metal RPG, Human Energy Field, the way like we all Middle Earth Crisis my favorite Warhammer podcast. Uh, the way we all work together to it, our, 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 our Warhammer podcast is only my second favorite. I'm sorry, dude. Mr. Mr. Alex GB in the Twitch chat has a good point. You'll be back. You, you and you'll be back. And, and you also you're, you're going to be in my ear at all times. It, if I, if, if I make a, a step outside, you're going to be like, hey, dude, what's up? So I know you're going to be in the show. audience. I know you're going to hear it. Your show now. I know it's my show. It'll be my show. And, and Ashley's stepping up to help me out. Uh, but we're going to we're, – I've got some other, uh, some other friends. We're going to bring them on. Hell, I was – after we finished 13th Age last night, we were practically doing a podcast about D&D versus 13th Age last night with some of my other friends. So, like – I got, you know, I got plenty of people I know, and if uh, we're going to continue to try and, uh, you know, bring bring it as we always have, as Brandon has. Brandon is a character. I can't match that character. It's just not me. I, I'm, you know, Brandon is a unique person that has really uh, helped me out a lot, and it's going to be real interesting to try and steer this ship, the small rowboat of Full Metal RPG, <laughs> As as the Brendan as the Brendan uh, 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 stands, you know they they. I hope to entertain them. I hope to keep them. But I totally understand because I'm a Brendan stand and I am sad too. So oh, that's uh, too much. You're too much, man. Too much. I'm getting all verklempt. And the thing is, you're going to bring in your own fans as, as well, Richard. You know, yes. I mean, you'll bring in your you'll bring in people. You perhaps are repulsed by Brendan. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We might grow there the audience. <laughs> Yo, Dungeon Dungeon Punk's got way more listeners after I quit. They were like, "Thank fuck, that guy's gone." You know. Well, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm only kidding, man. But like, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, uh, Richard. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you for coming on the show, making the show what it is. I really appreciate all of you, and I appreciate everybody who's tuned into the um, to the Twitch. Appreciate everybody who's listening to the episode right now in your car or wherever. Uh, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for listening to Full Metal RPG. Have a great night. Rah.